welcome to this uh, ATS Pulmonary Rehabilitation podcast on technical aspects of physical activity measurement. Uh, I'm uh, Mark Orm, I'm a lecturer in the Department of Respiratory Sciences at the University of Leicester in the United Kingdom. Uh, I have a particular interest in physical activity in chronic respiratory diseases um, and uh, in the context of pulmonary rehabilitation. It's a pleasure for me to introduce Astrid Blondeel. Uh, Astrid graduated as a physiotherapist and is now a PhD student in the research group of rehabilitation uh, in patients with internal disorders. Uh, uh, Astrid is supervised by Professor Thierry Trusters in Louvain, Belgium, and is currently finishing a PhD on combined strategies to improve physical activity in patients with COPD. So a fantastic person and a special thank you uh, for agreeing to talk with us today on the measurement of physical activity. Yes, thank you for the nice introduction and thank you for having me for this uh, ATS podcast. Great, so uh, to, to start things off, I wonder if you could inform the listeners, what do we mean when we say physical activity? That's a good first question. Um, so physical activity is defined as any bodily movement produced by skeletal muscles that results in energy expenditure. Um, so it includes structured exercise training, but it's not only that. It's uh, much broader than that. It's also um, leisure time activities like walking, cycling, but also the household activities like Every uh, activity a uh, subject does with, during the day can be seen as physical activity. Um, we cannot, uh, um, it, the, there is a big difference between physical activity and physical fitness, which we, uh, I, I think we have to distinguish that. Um, uh, so physical fitness or physical capacity is what a subject really can do which is based on physiology, uh, but physical activity is what a subject really does in, uh, in daily life. So there's a difference between what a subject can do and what a subject really does in daily life. Absolutely, so it's all about the behavior, isn't it? Yes, true. Um, so if we want to uh, change physical activity, we have to work on the behavior. Um, which is in contrast to changing exercise capacity for which we can, for example, use pulmonary rehabilitation. Uh, but we know that only providing pulmonary rehabilitation does improve the capacity of a patient, but will not automatically translate in a more active uh, life at home. Uh, so we need more behavioral interventions um, to change physical activity. Yes, it's a, it's a really good point. And I think that um, people are probably more familiar around, you know, why it's important to increase fitness and, and exercise capacity. Um, but I wonder whether you could comment maybe on, you know, why you think it's important for people living with chronic respiratory diseases to engage in more physical activity. Yeah, um, well, being physically active is uh, an important health behaviour in, in healthy populations, but especially and also in chronic disease populations uh, because a higher physical activity uh, is related to um, lower risk for comorbidities um, and, also, and specifically in, in 
chronic respiratory diseases, lower risk for hospitalization and mortality. So it has important health-related outcomes. Uh, but also on a patient level, on an individual level, it's really important that we look at physical activity because it's um, engaging in physical activity is an important aspect for personal well-being, for the quality of life, for feeling independent and being able to do the activities with loved ones, with, with, with family and friends. So it's really an, 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 a very important uh, aspect that we cannot uh, ignore, I think. I really like that point about not just viewing it as the sort of physical actions or the or just movement itself, but actually it's often the meanings behind it that, that really drive behaviour and, and can really tell us much more about, you know, how we can help people to be more physically active. Yeah, indeed. It's not just the behavior it has a lot of factors around it which influence uh how someone how, how active someone is not only the physiology but also um uh, their, their family uh also their beliefs their motivation on how important it is as you just commented and how, how other people motivate them to be active yeah it's really a, a combined uh, of a complex uh, entity Absolutely, and I think complexity leads us probably quite nicely around sort of the measurement. So obviously, you know, there are quite a few ways of doing that. Would, would you mind maybe sharing, you know, some of the ways in which we can measure physical activity? Yeah, uh, for sh sh sure. Um, there are several ways we can measure physical activity. Um, first of all, we can use a self-reported questionnaire. Um, this is often used in, in large um Epidemiological studies um, because it's 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 cheap, it's easy. Um, you can collect a lot of data uh, just by using a questionnaire, but it also has a big disadvantage. Um, it's self-reported and it's often difficult to report how active you were in the past days or the past week. Um, so people have the tendency to overestimate what they did or how, how active they were. Uh, so it's less accurate. Um, and it's also less sensitive to pick up changes in physical activity. So if you want to use this to compare if your intervention uh, improved or, or uh, changed physical activity, then a questionnaire is, is not the best fit uh, in that case. Yeah. Um, then we also have the accelerometers, the, the validated um, medical graded activity monitors, uh, which are, are um, validated and accurate to measure physical activity. And, and the advantage of this is that they do not only, um, that they give a lot of um, acti physical activity measurements. They do not only collect steps per day, but also give information about the intensity. Um, so um, different positions, different movements, uh, the time in different movements. So they really give a, a, a comprehensive uh, overview of the physical activity pattern. Um, and they also provide information on wearing time. So you can see how long a uh, patient wore the device, which is important for, your, for the, the validation of your data. Um, the disadvantage is that this is more expensive, of course. It's, um, these are more expensive devices and uh, there's no direct feedback on physical activity. Uh, so it's only provided when the, um, when the measurement is finished, uh, but not on a real-time basis. 
Uh, and then uh, as a third option, I think we all are familiar with the uh, consumer-based activity trackers, the step counters that are uh, now everywhere. Um, the big advantage of this, these devices is that they are very easy to use, that they are at a lower cost, and um, that they are, are um, that we can ask people to wear this over a longer period of time. They are not so uh, bothering as the um, activity monitors, so we can have a lot of long-term data with these devices, and they provide direct feedback on the physical activity. Um, yet the the disadvantage is that these devices are not as accurate as the um, uh, medical graded uh, accelerometers or activity uh, monitors, uh, and that they only provide or mainly provide information on step count, so not on movement intensity or these, uh, these things. So these are for me the three main um, components to, to look at to measure physical activity. No, that's that's great. I mean, it sounds it sounds to me like there's a, there's a kind of balance to be struck, I guess, between those three different options, depending on you know what what it is that you want to, to know or, or or what it is you're you're trying to, to achieve. Um, I, I wonder I wonder whether you think any of these that those three groups of, of of options can work together in some way, um, complement yeah. each other maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. I really think that that the choice of your way of measuring depends on what you want to do. Uh, so if we look at research and we want to really investigate on a group level what the effect is of an intervention, in my opinion, we need to use these validated um, accelerometers, given a, a clear idea on what's really happening in the daily life. Um, but if you want to look at an individual level and just uh, uh, talk to your patient about how active he is and, and screen for inactivity, then maybe the um, his, his uh, activity tracker or his step counter that he's already wearing gives already a good idea uh, on the individual pattern of a patient and can already help to start the conversation on physical activity and to uh, discuss his physical activity levels. And these are often used uh, also as a coaching device. So we investigated... Uh, as part of my PhD, uh, we investigated if we could use these activity trackers to look at individual patterns of physical activity, which is what you need in a coaching intervention. So where you want to provide an individual patient information on his day-to-day -day physical activity level. Um, and we saw that same patterns were observed with an activity tracker as with the validated uh, activity monitor. So we can use these devices on an individual level, but in my opinion, not in a group level where you want to look at the um, research outcomes. That's great. And you, you, you mentioned a few times about step counts, which, which of course is something that people are very interested in. Um, I just wonder if you, could, if you could touch on some of the other, or, or, or if you want to build on step count, obviously as well, but maybe some of some of the general common um, outcome variables used when people do measure physical activity, what those look like. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, indeed, I, I mentioned now uh, step counts a lot because it's um, it's it's often used. Um, it's an 
it's easy to understand. Also, if you talk to a patient, um, step counts are easy to talk to, uh, but it's, it's not, as I already said before, physical activity is really a comprehensive um, uh, concept. And um, uh, the amount of physical activity, which is expressed by steps per day, is only a part of, um, of the concept. Um, we also have, in, um, we can also measure intensity of physical activity, um, which is more, which we can best measure with an activity monitor. Um, yeah, um, so these are the, yeah, you can look at amount or intensity, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think step, you know, steps is nice because, you know, you can, you can sort of, it's easy, it's much easier to interpret. I think people understand, you know, patients understand what a step is. And I think as you get into the more intensity side of things, it, it can become a little bit trickier um, to, to kind of really understand what that, what that means to the individual. Yes, um, yeah. Is is there? I mean, you know, if we're trying to improve improve this, you know, what what does what do we mean by improvement? You know, do we have a sense of, you know, what a meaningful improvement might look like for somebody? Yeah, there is some data on uh, the MID for physical activity, which is now um, provided by two uh, research groups, and but in both. Um, papers they focus on on steps so again uh, uh, um, this is only uh, investigated in steps per day and not yet in, in intensity so um, at the moment the research field is mainly working with with steps per day but I think the next step is to really look at also intensity um, uh, that we uh, need to understand better uh, how this works um, yeah yeah, no, that's, that's that's really interesting. I think um, no, I think we need to do a little bit of work around understanding maybe a little bit more about intensity and, and what that might mean to to to, to people. Um, so, uh, in in terms of you know, we've got lots of different options available. Um, we've got you know a number of different outcomes that we've that we've touched on. I mean, how how um, how does this compare, I guess, or, or what do you think is the way of doing this in clinical practice? You know, kind of, you've, you've gone through the sort of self-report, the devices, steps, intensity, you know, kind of how, 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 how do we put that together in a way that, that might work in, in practice, do you think? Um, yeah, I think it depends really on, on what, you're, uh, what you're want to do. Um, so if you want to... Um, talk to a patient in clinical practice about his physical activity and um, on the importance, I think uh, using an activity tracker is a first good step and to discuss his step count and his physical activity pattern based on steps per day. Um, but if we want to use this in a research context, yeah, uh, as I said before, we need to look at, uh, um, at um, more um, at, at the data from the activity monitors and there I think it's really important to um, standardize measurements of physical activity using these activity monitors um, to uh, understand better what's happening and but to all have a, the same um, way of measuring physical activity and also analyzing the data on physical activity. I don't know this 
this uh, answers your question a bit or? Uh, yes, no, absolutely. And, um, and, and, and I guess, you know, um, you know, certainly in, 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 in some countries that, you know, walking is, you know, generally walking is the most, you know, common activity people do. But, but I guess one of the challenges with lots of ways in which we currently measure physical activity is trying to capture other forms of, of physical activity. So, for example, you know, cycling, um, swimming and strength training are the sort of three traditional examples where, you know, accelerometers, for example, often struggle to 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 do that. Um, do you have any have any thoughts on maybe how important or not so important that limitation might be, um, and where that fits into to things? Yeah, that's indeed um, a big limitation of the current devices we have at the moment. Um, that's also often a complaint of my patients who are wearing an activity monitor, an activity tracker, that they say, yeah, when I go cycling, I don't have any steps on my step counter. Um, so that is a big disadvantage. And at the moment, I think, um, yeah, we're kind of stuck there. We need better devices that can measure um, different kind of active of movement patterns and recognize the, uh, these, but also include maybe other outcomes such as heart rate or other um, variables that can can um, help to put together uh, the the construct of uh, that the patient is moving or, or cycling or, or doing activities. Um, so yeah, we still have some some work to go on. Um, yeah, and then again, you're stuck with that the fact that intensity is not often not well measured with with an um, or not captured by an activity tracker or a step counter. Um, so again, we need to find ways to look at uh, to to uh, incorporate intention uh, uh, intensity in um, in our, our uh, measurements, but also maybe in our coaching interventions or in how we we educate patients ab about this, uh, this, this concept of amount, but also intensity. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Um, I, I guess we've, we've started to do this a little bit, but maybe to think about how we might forecast kind of where this area might be developing in, in the coming years. So. This is a very um, hypothetical question, I guess, that we would all love to, uh, a situation we would all love to be in. But um, if you had an unlimited budget, which of course, unfortunately, is never going to happen, um, <laughs> how how would you measure physical activity? You know, resources are no issue. You know, what what would be the way that you would you would do that? Yeah, that's that's uh, an interesting question. Um, uh, for yeah, also again, depending on on which setting you are, which, which uh, goal you have. I will start with research maybe. In research context, I would say that everyone has to use a validated accelerometer um, so that all studies can use the same um, device in a standardized way so that we at later phase um, can uh, combine these data and uh, have large data sets uh, on physical activity in patients with chronic respiratory diseases. Um, there was now a an, 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 um, statement uh, proposed on how to standardize this measure. Uh, so I think there is already some work on, on how to standardize this. 
but um, yeah, that, that um, it would be lovely to see this on a, on a large scale. Um, and then in um, and then in in um, if we look at at the clinical practice, uh, there I think uh, incorporating activity trackers can be used to to talk to patients about physical activity and motivate them to be more active. It would be uh, very nice to see that all patients understand why physical activity is important and are, are um, motivated to engage in that. But I think there, as I discussed before, it would be nice to have better technology that can capture uh, these, these, uh, all these activities better, as you said, like swimming or cycling, um, and also have a better idea on, on intensity. Um, yeah, I think that would be very nice <laughs> if I would have unlimited budget. Absolutely. Um, and just building on from that, do you, do you, see, a, do you see a time where, for example, we, 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 you know, we have accelerometers you know, on every Everyone who comes through pulmonary rehabilitation, for example, as as actually a, you know somewhat more of a, a routine measure. Yeah, yeah, it would be nice if it's just like you do the exercise testing. You also do the physical activity testing. Um, that it's it's all combined, um, and it's in a routine practice. Um, also. And, and that everyone is involved, not only physiotherapists, but also uh, physicians, also um, other healthcare workers, that everyone understands why it's so important to motivate the patient and to talk about physical activity, and that everyone is, is trying to engage this, uh, this patient to, to be more active. Absolutely. I think there's a, it's an exciting area still lots to explore and, and understand I think to uh, to tackle some of these these issues um, uh, Astrid is there any closing remarks that you want to give around your PhD or, or, or interests um, yeah um, uh, yeah my PhD is mainly focusing on uh, the long-term effects on of physical activity and how we can engage uh, or, or try to engage patients into physical activity on a longer term. So I think we haven't touched upon this uh, in, uh, in the previous uh, minutes, but I think this is also a very important one that we try to look at ways to uh, how we can not, yeah, in the first phase, try to make patients more active, but also how can we uh, do this on the longer term and how can we motivate them to stay more active um, because when we look at, at physical activity, it's a health enhancing behavior. So it's not something that we need for short term. It's really for a long term that we need this. Uh, so I think also on this part, we have uh, lots of research uh, to go to. Wonderful, absolutely, absolutely. I'm sure there's uh, many more podcasts to come on this topic. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> So, uh, well, thank, thank you very much for uh, you know, all your hard work, all your fantastic research in this area and, and for sharing uh, some of your experiences and uh, knowledge on this topic. I hope everyone enjoyed listening. Take care. Bye. Thank you.